Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. Took a few days off from the podcast following the Bethune-Cookman game. Again, Miami handled business in that game. Didn't want to make too much of it or read too much into it, but it was good. They went out, did their job, secured the comfortable victory, and plenty of young guys got some quality work, which is always good for developing the depth purposes. Uh, But now we're back on our regularly scheduled programming, and it is Temple Week. Today's podcast, though, you know, in light of Miami off, Miami being off to a strong, encouraging 3-0 start uh, and, and Mario Cristobal's insatiable appetite for recruiting, I think it was good to kind of reset the board in some ways, Gabby, and discuss uh, where things are at from a recruiting standpoint with Miami. And I just want to go position by position, maybe bring up some new names, uh, to know uh, moving forward here as Miami looks to flip flip players and or add highly rated players that they've been chasing this entire time. So I think for this episode, we'll, we'll keep it primarily to recruiting. And um, on Thursday's preview podcast, we'll definitely discuss Temple in depth and the challenges they will pose to the Hurricanes in that game. So... Before we dive into the podcast, though, Gabby, tell the people about the fun video game that has sponsored our show this month and uh, where they can access that game. Yeah, David, I mean, I've been getting some good feedback recently just about, you know, the way people, uh, you know, who have who have a PC are enjoying this game. Uh, That's Football Coach College Dynasty. Uh, So it's a basically you know your your everyday college football video game uh it's it's exclusively on steam uh for the very competitive price of 11.99 and football coach college dynasty is really really cool because it just gives you the opportunity to be a coach you can create game plans for your team you can call plays and recruit uh develop play for national championships so everything that we love about college football today, including conference realignment, boosters, official visits for recruits, transfer portal, and even NIL. So uh, it's a really good game manager type of uh, a type of game, again, exclusively on the PC. Uh, it has a 95% positive rating. So it seems like a lot of people are enjoying this. And uh, again, I would encourage everyone to go check that out if you need to get your fix for some college football gaming. It seems like this is by far the, the best option out there right now. Good stuff. Go check that game out and uh, appreciate all our sponsors that support this show. So, um, all right, let's dive into the podcast, Gabby. And I just want to go position by position. We'll start on offense, go to defense, work our way through it here in a quick and easy podcast here, resetting the recruiting board in some ways. Um, Again, Miami's going to be chasing more players than just the guys that we're discussing here. But for the most part, we want to keep this quick and keep it moving. And so we're mainly sticking to just one player at each position group to know. And so let's start at quarterback, Gabby. Of course, Miami has a commit at quarterback in this 2024 cycle and 2025, honestly. But for this 2024 cycle, we know Jet Anderson is committed. I think, you know, the thing to discuss here is how strong is Miami in that commitment to Jet? 
I think they're all in. Uh, you know, I, I really think that they feel very good about Judd Anderson, uh, you know, just to this point of the evaluation process, even watching the steps that he's kind of taken as a, a senior at Warner Robins. Uh, you know, these guys gather every single Monday and and walk, go through, you know, all the commitments. Uh, they, they're, they're sitting down, grinding through tape. You know, a lot of the the evaluators at Miami and, uh, you know, really what they've been able to see on the on this game tape is that uh, Judd Anderson has taken that uh, that a step. You know, I think they've seen encouraging process from Judd Anderson over the course of his senior year. And look, when when they brought him on board, they felt like he was their guy. I still feel like he's their guy, even with, you know, some more ammunition, maybe just with the way the offense is performing and the way that that offense is kind of, you know, again, just elevating uh, Judd Anderson is still the quarterback that I think they're going to roll with uh, here in the class of 2024. Very good. Yeah. That, that is the same feedback I get as well when it comes to Judd. And, and this is just me talking, right? This is me talking. This has nothing to do with anything real from Miami, but I do wonder, and we're a ways away from this, but I do wonder if Miami is able to put together like a nine or 10 win season and Tyler Van Dyke has a successful productive season. I do wonder if they circle back around on guys that they pursued earlier in the cycle, just because that is how Mario Cristobal is wired, right? To, to always push the limits and, and try and maximize the recruiting class. But again, hundred percent, they are all in on Judd right now. And you're right. Like they get, they get full game cutups. They watch all those games. And, you know, while stats do tell a story and no doubt, I think stats matter, especially at that position. They definitely see things in those full game cutups where, you know, look, a receiver drops a ball or a receiver runs to the wrong spot, et cetera, et cetera. That impact Judd Anderson's tape. So, or sorry, stats. Um, so they feel comfortable with where they're at with Judd. Um, and so I think that is worth emphasizing running back. Um, tell us about the name that you want to discuss here, Gabby, because to me, it's kind of a newish name. Uh, yeah. tell us about this young man. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was one of the visitors at the Texas A&M game. Didn't really blow it up too much, but, uh, I think it was definitely worth noting. Uh, that's Jordan Lyle the three-star running back out of, or could be a composite four-star running back out of St. Thomas Aquinas. He's committed to Ohio State. Again, he was at that Texas A&M game. Uh, you know, he visited, I think it was, you know, pretty casually, but, uh, you know, just kind of checking checking around. It does seem like, uh, you know, he's he's someone that's kind of, uh, emerging, especially here on the senior look, these guys are always these guys are evaluating. Yeah. You know, these guys are these guys are watching. You know, senior tape. Uh, it's it's really important, especially this early season cut. It's uh, you know, it gives the opportunity to you know really get a chance to see how guys have kind of taken those progressions as a senior, which is obviously when they're getting to the point where they're most physically mature in their high school career. So a guy like Jordan Lyle, who has been productive and you know efficient in over the course of his, his career, tape is impressive honest, to me. Yeah, and I think he's a type of back that they kind of like. I mean, I feel like he kind of fits what they want to do. Like, I feel like he he's he's kind of like the type that they're looking for. And uh, again, what the, and I don't even want to speculate about like what this really means for because obviously Miami has two running backs committed. Right. I don't really know the whole situation. Kevin Riley just visited Auburn. 
uh, uh, you know, for an unofficial visit. I think that Kevin Riley's fine. I wrote that on Monday. That I think that's like I don't think there's much to kind of monitor with that situation. Um, like I don't I don't think there's much to worry about with with Auburn and Kevin Riley. Auburn already has a running back committed. Um, I was trading some messages with Christian Clemente, who does a great job covering Auburn, and he doesn't know like kind of where things are at there um you know just because of how good they feel about uh their running back and what it would kind of take to add a second so i do think that miami is still firmly in control of the kevin riley uh commitment um and then obviously you have chris wheatley humphrey uh and you know every and obviously they, they like him too and for what he is so what, like what does this jordan lyle interest kind of mean big picture wise i think that's kind of to be determined but i also think it's worth kind of noting that uh you know this is this probably wants to track yeah i was i like jordan lyle's tape very nice contact balance i would maybe even say like elite contact balance to be honest with you his senior tape senior film at least that that i was able to watch to me he's a big time back so you know i'm not gonna say he is mark fletcher but i do think last year Mark Fletcher took his game to another level as a senior. I think Jordan Lyles kind of on that same track of trajectory. I don't know if he's as good as Mark Fletcher, but I do think he's taking a step forward like Mark Fletcher did last year. And also too similar with, with Mark Fletcher and you, you bet on American heritage guys. You always bet on St. Thomas Aquinas guys and specifically St. Thomas Aquinas running backs. There's a long track record of success there. So I if if you can get a guy like Jordan Lyle who's committed to Ohio State, if you can get him in your class and you're Miami, I think you got to do it. So yeah, uh, that's definitely a, an interesting one. Money can be the root of all evil when you don't understand it. A couple of bad decisions shouldn't continue to affect us years later, and the path to recovery shouldn't be as painful as the regret. Everyone at some point needs help with their financial situation. And Pride Financial can lend that helping hand. Pride Financial offers a patient and judgment-free environment and will provide you with the knowledge and power you need to realize your dreams. Once they identify your goals, they will guide you to the finish line, holding your hand every step of the way. Repairing and building credit is only the first step. They'll educate you on a variety of banking and financial institutions, what resources they offer, and how to maximize funding for your financial needs. Gain access to a vast network of realtors and licensed dealers to receive outstanding deals on prime real estate and the newest vehicles to fit your lifestyle. They even offer education and services to assist those more involved on the business side of things. Text 305-393-7698 or email globalchoice underscore consulting at yahoo.com to book a free consultation with Pride Financial. And let's take pride in our finances. Attention business owners, I'm going to say three words you've probably heard of by now. Employee retention credit. If you're a business owner with W-2 employees and you haven't explored this program, you need to schedule a call with our friends at Foreman Law Offices, ASAP. The employee retention credit can put thousands of dollars back into the hands of business owners. However, the rules are complex and have changed many times since the inception of the program. You need to have a qualified law firm with experience in the ERC. Evaluate this for your business. 
you won't owe them a dime until you get paid. All you have to do is go to erclawyers.com and fill out the short questionnaire to schedule a call with their team. Two minutes may be worth thousands of dollars for your business. Get it done today. erclawyers.com. Tell them TTS sent you for Through the Smoke. Are you a business owner or manager in need of seasonal or temporary staff? Let the folks at LT Pro Enterprises assist. The folks at LT Pro Enterprises can help you find laborers for your business in the state of Florida with an expanding footprint to other states as well. Reach out to Lionel Torres at TorresLionel1, the number one, at gmail.com. LT Pro Enterprises, your source for all of your staffing and labor needs. Wide receiver. Tell us about who you want to bring up here. Yeah, to me, I, I mean, I'm going with Nye Carr. He's a wide receiver committed to Georgia. He's a guy that we've wrote, written about already on the site. Um, and that, you know, again, I, I've even had just minor communication with. It does sound like he's interested in coming down for a visit uh, at some point. He's he's kind of looking around. He went to Auburn the last weekend of July. He visited Florida State, I think, for when they played Southern Miss. Uh, I know Miami's a school he's, he's really he's interested in as well. Uh, so again, I, I think he was, he was back at Georgia this past weekend. Where does things kind of stand there? Um, you know, I don't, it's, it's hard to kind of know, but it, again, I, I do feel like he's kind of doing his homework, obviously Georgia, uh, that offense it's, I mean, the receivers are good, but they're not necessarily known as like a wide receiver program, you know, just like they're not throwing the ball all over the place. They went at the line of scrimmage, they run the ball a lot. So maybe he's kind of looking for a situation that could be potentially more friendly to him. I I, I don't know, but again, he seems to be looking around here uh, as he gets closer to the uh, signing and uh, Miami's absolutely a school that's in the mix there. Went to Georgia in July, four-star top 100 guy at a Colquitt County in Georgia, six foot 170. The thing that stands out to me about him is his suddenness. He can accelerate in a hurry. He can create separation in a hurry. You can work him in the deep passing game. You can work him in the quick game and let him generate some yak. So big time player to me. And, you know, I think those programs you named, it's smart of him to explore his options. And, you know, if we're talking NIL, may the best man win that situation, right? So Nykar is certainly an, an interesting player. Who would you bring to the table at tight end? Yeah, I think uh, Amir Jackson, the Florida commit out of Portal, Georgia, is uh is is a, is a big name. You know, uh, Miami worked him out that first. I think it was the first camp day of, of June. Uh, I think it was the first day. It was like a specialist camp, like it was very under the radar. But Amir Jackson was there on an unofficial visit. You know, quickly agreed to lace on lace on lace up some cleats and and work out for those guys. He was very impressive. I got to watch that whole workout. Um, he's definitely a guy with the tools and the skill set uh, to do what they kind of want him to do. Uh, so I, I know Miami wants to add a second tight end. Would ideally like to add a second tight end alongside Elijah Lofton, who they're over the moon about. Uh, and Amir Jackson remains one of those top top names on the board. So uh, absolutely, Amir Jackson, uh, the Florida commit, is 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 one of those top guys. What stood out to you when when you watched a little bit of his workout? 
Yeah, I think he's just I just think he's he's a really natural kind of pass catcher. And I think that's something that you kind of did it like you didn't really know what he was going to kind of be there. I think just his overall movement skills, he's kind of he's probably not as long as Jaleel Skinner, um, but I think he's of the same kind of mold. Um, but I think he's more fluid at kind of like the same stage. Cause I remember watching Jaleel Skinner too. I think he's, I de- definitely think he's thicker. So he's thicker yeah. and I think he moves just better. He's a basketball kid. Jaleel Skinner was too, but I think Amir Jackson maybe has a little bit more of just that, that twitch, uh, his ability to kind of track the ball in the air, kind of hit that gear, go find it was impressive. I think he was able to do a lot of like, even like the, the quick feet, uh, you know, kind of get up and hit the bag type of stuff that Cody Woodle was asking him to do uh, during those drills. Uh, a real, just really impressive stuff. And even some of those short yardage routes, I think they were very impressed with the way he was able to kind of get in and out of, of his breaks and kind of flip his hips and all, all those types of things. So it seems like he's, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's someone that maybe you just line up like as an pure inline guy, like he's not going to be a Cam McCormick, but I think he could be a nice little blend of a guy who can, who can give you some of the physicality at the line of scrimmage with a, you know, legit pass catching potential. Uh, and I think that that's a, that's obviously a trait that they value. Yeah, committed to Florida in June. Um, I, one thing I like about him too, just with, that speaks to a willingness to play with some physicality is in high school, he does play some on defense, which I think is encouraging in that regard. So uh, this is a really, really deep tight end year. I think Miami feels good about, I mean, I think the guy they got, Elijah Lofton, is performing better than I expected uh, out at Bishop Gorman. Yeah. Uh, he's he's more of an H-back, but man, he makes some plays and he is twitchy and sudden for his size. So I think if you can double up a nice, you know, traditional size tight end to go with him in this class, you're going to have a very multiple offense in the future yeah. that'll give lots of issues to de- defenses hate multiple tight ends uh, that can hurt you in different ways. And so this would be a big deal if they're able to, to land someone with Elijah Lofton Um, defensive tackle. Where do you want to go? Yeah, I think we got to start with Francis brew uh, the Pittsburgh commit out of Columbus, Ohio uh, Thomas Worthington high school. Uh, He's a three-star, a guy that we've kind of talked about here so uh you know just to this point Miami offered him early on in his senior year another one of these senior evaluations of a guy who's kind of emerged up the board a uh, six foot two 270 is what he's listed at um gotta probably have to double check I think we're gonna probably have to find something maybe more maybe updated because I'm not sure what exactly he stands to uh right now but looks to be about that range which is which is totally fine uh disruptive you know has been disruptive over the course of his senior year 16 tackles for loss six sacks through five games. Uh, Miami's pressing here, man. Uh, I was just trading some messages with him uh, right before we got on the podcast. It does sound like Miami is going to go up to Ohio. Uh, they, he said next week with a, a Miami is going to be on a bye week. Uh, so I think the plan is for someone, maybe whether that be Joe Salabea, Jason Taylor, uh, potentially both of them uh, to go up there and, and watch him either practice or play, whatever the situation is. So um, I, I think Miami's trending in a, in a really good direction here. So uh, for those that haven't been on, on uh, inside the U.com today, wrote something this morning uh, kind of indicating that I thought Miami was kind of trending in that recruitment. So Francis Brew is a, is a defensive tackle body. Of course, that's been a, position like a priority position in this class of 2024 and he's absolutely a name that they that they covet that they value and yeah i think that there's a i think that there's a good chance uh based on what i'm hearing that he 
that that Pittsburgh commitment, uh, you know, switches up at some point, and I could absolutely see him in my, in Miami's class. Yeah, committed to Pittsburgh back in March, like you said, six two two seventy. I am curious, like what that what it right really what it is what, what it is, and and also just what it looks like because you got to see it. You know, six two two seventy can look different in a lot of different ways, right? Um, the thing that stands out to me about his film is, man, he's got. On some snaps, his get-off is really impressive. He's very powerful with his knockback, and he he plays 100 miles an hour, which is impressive for a high school-level defensive tackle because that motor at that level is pretty rare. Um, you know, to me, maybe like a Branson Dean-ish type. I don't yeah. know if that's fair or not, but... Could be. Um, Depends on his like growth potential, like how big is he going to get? And again, what does he actually look like right now, which we still don't yeah. kind of know. Right. So long term, maybe like a Branson Dean, which I think Miami would take, right? They they sure. would love they they're very high on Branson Dean um and, and the way he plays. And and also too, always trust a Charlie Partridge yeah. defensive line. Uh, that's where I was gonna go next. Eval. So especially on like quote unquote undersized defensive linemen. Like yeah. he has a unique eye and talent to uh unearth those type of defensive tackles that can just wreck a game. Um, and it th- I it's good to have, like, you don't want a whole room of those type of D tackles, but you do want to have some variety of all defensive linemen. You want, you want lengthy twitched up edges and you want powerful edge setting edges and you want different types of D tackles too. So um, I think he's a three-star and I get why he's a three-star. Um but man, he makes plays at a high, high level in games. So I think he would be a nice little addition if Miami's able to pull up the flip there. Anyone else at D tackle you want to highlight? Because it is a key position of need for Miami. And of course, we know LJ McCray is a significant target, right. the, the Daytona mainland D tackle. Anyone else you want to bring to the table here? Yeah, I think we should talk about Aiden Breeland just because he does have that top three of Georgia, Oregon, and Miami. And uh, again, I, I feel like, you know, obviously Miami hasn't necessarily, you know, hit gold yet at this position outside of Artavius Jones, which is obviously a big yeah. one. But in a lot of these national recruitments where it's kind of coast to coast schools and people from all over, Miami kind of hasn't hit on that guy yet. Um, at, or at least, you know, they haven't hit on the ones that they've wanted Um and Aiden Breland is kind of up next. And again, uh, let's kind of see how this all plays out. But I, again, I'm just speaking from what I'm hearing. Uh, and that is that, you know, there is a feeling that, you know, that my, that Miami is very much in that recruitment. And, uh, you know, there's a reason why they're in that top three. Uh, they, Miami feels like they've done a really good job kind of, you know, cementing themselves as a, as a real contender in that recruitment. It might actually, I know we just visited Georgia for an unofficial visit over the weekend, but some actually get the feel that it might actually be Oregon who, who is the school who might be, who Miami might be chasing. Uh, so I, I think, uh, you know, potentially it could be Miami and Oregon going neck and neck i mean georgia's obviously georgia and they could kind of do whatever they want especially at defensive tackle but that is a room that's gotten pretty crowded especially you from a from a commitment standpoint uh they have a, a bunch of guys already committed on the, along the defensive line i think they're about to flip that kid who just decommitted from georgia so that's even another body um so what does that look like uh from aiden breland's perspective um i think that there's a very favorable situation he could potentially walk into at miami i'm not sure exactly what oregon situation looks like but i think uh you know those are a couple of reasons why maybe oregon and miami might be the two who uh, potentially have the inside track do we have a sense on timeline commitment timeline at this point 
I, I don't know if that he's going to rush things. He's He told Greg Biggins, our West Coast analyst at 247 Sports, uh, that he's saying by like December he should know. So okay. I, I know Still when plenty there was, of time. Right. I know in July when it was kind of like up in the air, like, is he going to come? Is he not going to come for that barbecue? Because it was like right. on the table, right? Uh, the There was like when, when it became no, and I had kind of said like, this isn't going to happen. I think the overall feeling was is that Aiden Breland wanted to see Miami at least one more time. So when does that happen? Who knows? Um, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he did get back down to Miami a, a, again before a decision is made. So let's see if that materializes and let's see when he gets to Oregon. Let's see when he will next be at Oregon. Um, I think they're hosting Colorado this weekend, or is that your, no, it's USC that they play. No, they, they go to Oregon. They're playing Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. At or in Eugene. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's in Eugene, but I mean, that's going to be a big, I'm sure that'll be a nice big visit weekend for them. So let's see where Aiden Breland pops up or if he pops up anywhere. Uh, but yeah, those are probably the two defensive tackle names to bring to the table right now. Again, alongside the LJ McCray, David stones, all the guys that we've kind of heard about. There's, Another that I can't really talk about right now, but there's another, you know, defensive tackle name that they're chasing, Um, you know, kind of want to keep that behind the scenes and under wraps. So that's kind of the deal there. But there's absolutely another kind of name floating out out there um, that I'm just not going to be the one to kind of blow up. So uh, that's something to kind of just marinate on as well. I will say, like, this is all just based on tape. Like, I haven't seen Aiden Breland in person. I've seen LJ McCray. I've seen David Stone. I've seen Cam Franklin. Um, Aiden is like on tape to me. He's my, he's the best D tackle of that bunch. Uh, Again, I'd like to see him in person and really have an informed opinion on that. But I think his tape is very, very good. And uh, wherever he goes, it's a big time get for that school. So we'll see. Obviously Miami, has defensive tackle circled as a key position of need, and I would never count out Mario. I would never expect him to strike out at a key position of need, right? So um, how about the edge, the edge spot? Who would you bring to the table as a guy to know at defensive end? Yeah, I think we got, you know, Booker Pickett is a guy I, you know, me and, uh, you know, director of recruiting Steve Wolfong put in a crystal ball for. Um, I think it was coming off that Texas A&M win uh, right after. And, uh, you know, I think that he's someone that I could, that I could certainly see in, in this in this class from Miami. Uh, he's a Miami legacy. His dad played uh, at UM in the, in the I think it was the mid 90s. Uh, Booker Pickett Sr. Uh, he's a twitched up, you know, kind of mm-hmm. pass rusher. It seems like, you know, that's kind of like his trait, his 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 big time trade. And he, I mean, he does it at a very high level. He had 30 sacks as a junior, uh, you know, he's continued to kind of grow and progress as a passer. You know, he has, he, his ability to get to the quarterback is, is unique yes. for sure. And um, you know, so I think that that's a situation that Miami's kind of coming around on uh, where they're kind of making that push. And uh, look, I mean, he has some good programs that have kind of come after him over the course of the process, but I feel like right now uh, Miami's in the best spot there. So Booker Pickett is, is probably the name I'm closest I'm watching closest uh, when it comes to kind of edge guys. Yeah. Elite closing speed and, and change of direction off the edge. He is just being real. Like he's a narrow body type. So he he's kind of a specialist in that way, but you do need those type of guys, uh, twitchy pass rush guys, for example, like you don't want to be Texas A&M as a defensive line, right? Like they, ha- there's no doubt they have talented defensive linemen that are going to play in the NFL, but they have a bunch of 
big, thick, powerful defensive linemen that do their job at a high level in that regard, but they kind of struggle at affecting the quarterback on a consistent basis. Booker Pickett is a type of guy you, you put him in the game and he's going to affect the quarterback with his length, his twitch and his closing speed. So I think that would be a nice little addition. Like, again, we'll see how Ruben Bain, how his development plays out, whether or not he kicks inside eventually, he probably will, but let's just say hypothetically he stays on the edge, right? So you got high level edge guy in Ruben Bain, and then you got, you know, hypothetically twitched up guys like Nigel Kelly, Booker Pickett, Elias Rudolph. So again, you need different types of defensive defensive linemen in the modern game to rotate into a game for, for different situations. Um, how about linebacker? Yeah, I, I still think uh, uh, Darius Hayes is the prize, uh, you know, top two, four, seven linebacker out of Largo, Florida. Uh, you know, he's committed to Florida. He's been committed to Florida for a long time. He did unofficially visit Miami. Uh, I think it was late spring, maybe early summer. I can't remember the exact timeline of it, but I know he, he did take a visit to Miami unofficially. I think it was the summertime. Um, so I think it was like that same time that Kevin Riley committed around that weekend. Um, so I, I, he, Miami's been working really, really hard there. Uh, they're still in communication with him. They're still actively recruiting him. Uh, all those good things. So, uh, you know, Darius Hayes is, is a dude. I think he goes by the yeah. nickname Hitman. And yeah, uh, you, you see time. he's he's one of the best linebackers in the country. And uh, I think he kind of puts that on tape and, you know, you see yep. why there's probably so many schools outside of Miami. Like I heard Alabama was in there at one point, Notre Dame, I think Ohio state were a few schools I heard during those summer months that were still kind of recruiting him. He's done a good job of kind of keeping things close to the vest and, you know, kind of, you know, showing that he's solid with Florida, but uh, that's definitely not stopping Miami. Right. Yeah. I mean, I do think it's going to be tough to pull him away from Florida, but you keep working it. And in December, you never know how things change. Um, and Miami's putting themselves for that descent, putting themselves in a position for that December push. And for a player like that, that's what you should do. Uh, how about cornerback? Yeah, I, th- I still think Ellis Robinson. I mean, Ellis Robinson, I mean, is, is the name that we know Miami's been chasing over the course of the entire cycle. Uh, the five star out of uh, IMG Academy committed to Georgia. Uh, look, he he he's just wanted to see Miami win, right? He wants to see Miami kind of do it on the field. Uh, so winning that Texas A&M game, I think, was a big deal, a, a step. And and yes. again, it's just like what what's it what's it really going to take at the end of the day to kind of pull something off like that? Who knows? Like, it, 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 there, I don't think that there's a direct formula. Like, you do this and this and that, or you beat these people, these people, these people, and oh, look, you get Ellis Robinson. I don't know what Miami has to do to all. It's like do a Darius, that. right? You put right. yourself in position exactly for, for a December push. Yeah, and then that's and then wherever it falls at that point, it falls. It, it falls. Yeah. But I think Miami to this point is doing a good job of again kind of putting themselves in a place where you can make that final, final push. Let's see how the rest of the season goes. But I still think that that's the prize at cornerback. I still think that he's the guy at cornerback. And so, uh, yeah, that, that's probably the name that I would offer up there. And then, you know, of course, we have the guys like Xavier Mincy, who Miami will give an opportunity to play cornerback to if he were to come to Miami. Um, and then, you know, I again, this is similar to defensive tackle. There's also a name that's kind of in the mix here that I can't really talk about right now, but sure. again, big, you know, blue chip name, they're working uh, you know, it. that they're working on committed to another program, all that stuff. But 
again, I, I they're exhausting all their efforts. And uh, again, I think with the with the juice that they kind of have right now, the momentum that they have right now, they, I think they feel like they can kind of approach some of these prospects and generate, uh, you know, legitimate legitimate mutual interest. So I think that that's a good thing. Let's see where it kind of goes. Uh, yeah, you know, over these next few months. Ellis, obviously, big time player, five star top corner in the country at an IMG Academy, 185 To me, I mean, this might be the case at Georgia too. Uh, I'm not familiar with their their roster like I am Miami's, of course. But at Miami, he would certainly be a plug and play starter. I think as a true freshman with his physicality yeah. and coverage ability, so uh, he'd be like a portal addition almost at corner um, to me kind of similar how Francis Maui Noah was on the offensive line, right? The Star Horton Group is a real estate company that covers all of Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Born and raised in Miami, Star is committed to growing his clients' wealth and securing their futures. One of the top realtors in the state, Star knows the ins and outs of the market to make sure his clients get the best possible value when they sell or buy. If you're looking to buy or sell or know someone who is, call or text STAR directly at 561-573-4661. And here's the beauty. When you refer someone to STAR, he will donate $250 to the Miami Hurricanes Athletic Fund in your name upon the closing of the deal. So to have a great real estate experience and help our Canes, call or text STAR today at 561-573-4661. This episode is also brought to you by Midway Sports, your one-stop shop for all of your sporting good needs, located just two miles south of the University of Miami. This locally owned small business has everything you would need to gear up for every sport. Their stocked up men's, women's, and kids selections has you and your family covered for all of your outdoor needs. Use promo code SMOKE15 for 15% off your online order at MidwaySports.com. How about safety? Yeah, safety. Yeah, I think this kind of goes back to the fact that they're out, they're at the drawing board. They're they're watching film, and I think one name that's kind of and look, Miami safety situation is fine. I mean, they have Zaquan Patterson on 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 board, which is obviously a massive massive deal. He's the yeah. prize at safety. He's the guy they have, the guy that they wanted. Uh, a couple of these others, they have Isaiah Thomas, who they're very excited about, the safety committed uh, out of Clearwater Academy International. Um, so, you know, they, they feel very comfortable with where they're at there, but I think just one name that they just kind of come to like through this, especially early season evaluation process is Xavier Lucas at Plantation American Heritage. Uh, he was at Dillard, Fort Lauderdale Dillard before. Uh, so he played with like Nigel Kelly when Nigel Kelly was there, Christopher Johnson, Armando Blunt, the 2025 Miami commit. Um, and he made the move to American Heritage as a senior. He's committed to Wisconsin. He committed to Wisconsin over the court over the summer. I think he visited Illinois and Iowa as well. So a couple of those Big Ten schools. And you know he's a he's got a, a good frame. You know, kind of pushing six foot one, one hundred and eighty five pounds. Owns a couple sub eleven hundred meter times. Uh, and again, I think he's he's a good athlete. That's kind of just 
flown under the radar just in the South mm-hmm. Florida football landscape, but, uh, you know, is absolutely a good player that is capable of playing at the power at, the, at a high power five level program like uh, Wisconsin. And let's not forget the staff that's at Wisconsin. It's the previous Cincinnati staff who has just done an absolutely fantastic job of just evaluating guys and, uh, you know, DBs. developing dudes, yeah. especially DBs. And uh, so I think uh, when Luke Fickle and, and those guys decide that, uh, you know, you're, you're a dude they want in your program, uh, I think it was wise for of Miami to kind of take a look and see what if they were missing something there. And I think that they've come away uh, feeling like he is someone who who is good, who's good enough to truthfully play at Miami. Let's see. I don't know I how the numbers and stuff work out, um, but he again, he he's just a prospect that they like. I mean, his offer sheet is pretty impressive. I mean, Auburn, uh, Alabama offered at one point. Auburn offered at one point. Florida State did as well. Uh, he does have a Miami offer. Michigan, Oklahoma. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Texas A&M. So like, this is a guy who is talented and people have recognized that, but you know, Wisconsin's a school that kind of made the, the, the most thorough push and actually kind of got him. And I think he's having a, a good senior year so far. Plays, plays a lot of corner in high school. So I like his potential as like a free safety. Um, and I think they've done a nice job. You mentioned the guys that they have in the class already. They've done a nice job of leveling up the physicality at safety. And I think Xavier Lucas is a physical player too, but I would like to see them add some ball hawks, if that makes sense. I think yeah. Zaquan has that potential, has, you know, I think he's better closer to the line of scrimmage, but he does have good ball skills. Um, it's, uh, but Xavier Lucas to me kind of brings a nice little mix of coverage and physicality to the secondary. One thing I want to ask you before we get into a big picture numbers talk uh, with this class, we skipped over offensive line. Is that because that position group might be kind of done? Again, they they added Clavion Broussard. They also have Juan Manaya, Derek Plaz. Is that kind of it? Do you feel like on the offensive line, or and also to Nino Francavilla, yeah. um, or? Are there other names to know there, you think, too? Yeah, I mean, I think Miami's kind of I, I think they kind of have the class that they that they sort of want on the offensive line. I, I again I think that there's always uh the potential to kind of maybe just you know pivot somewhere else or see what else kind of emerges. Um, if there was one name that maybe I would kind of throw out there, I guess it would be Markel Bell, the junior college. Uh, I think I think we have him ranked as like the number two junior college player in the country, but I could see that being a position that they kind of have their foundation and then maybe they just go portal if they need to kind of add anything imminently, uh, kind of the way that they went and got like a Matt Lee and a Chavian Cohen. Like I could see them kind of rounding it out that way rather than maybe going more high school. But uh, Markel Bell, I I think would probably be the the lone like again maybe traditional recruiting um, right kind of route. But I don't even know where that like I feel like that hasn't even really generated a ton of traction. Um, I think we still kind of have to see where where that one kind of goes. All right. And let's let's talk just everyone wants to know the numbers situation, yeah. right? Um so how would you best characterize that situation? Because obviously Miami's off to a three and no start, they got a little momentum going. Uh, they want to land a top 10 class. They're truthfully not that far away from a top 10 class. If you look at uh, the recruiting rankings points, Miami is 16th according to 24 seven sports right now, but they are nine points away from the 10th team, which is Penn state. Um, so again, you, you land a couple of 
top 100 players, you're probably right in the mix there. Um, how would you describe just the number situation though, that, that Miami's facing itself with, cause it's at 22 commits right now. Um, what would you expect this class to look like? Let's say hypothetically Miami wins nine or 10 games. How, what, what do the numbers look like in your opinion then? Yeah, I, I think it's it's very interesting because obviously you see the numbers and I was just kind of going through the the math there. And I mean, it's like, I think there's still like 20 something prospects that Miami's still like actively recruiting, right? right. So it's just like, obviously you have a, you know, you're, you're limited. Uh, and obviously there's the rules now where you can kind of sign as many high school kids that you want, but I don't think Miami wants to do that. Like, I, I just don't think that that's just a plan. Um, everything that I'd kind of heard up to this point and, you know, granted it maybe was before they kind of beat Texas A&M and all that stuff was just that 25 one way or another was going to kind of be the number that they land on. And what, what does that mean for Miami to sign 25 guys? Uh, uh, and again, and, and if that's still the case, which I believe, let's say it's maybe not hard 25, maybe they could say, okay, maybe we'll take 27 or whatever. And I think it's important to not just go crazy, say, yeah, we're going to take 30 something guys. Cause I think that just kind of creates a roster imbalance. And I think you need to factor in that you want to save room for the portal and, and right. those types of things. So I do think Miami does want to kind of sit around that 25 range. And I, again, you're obviously not going to get all 20 of those guys. So it's not something that you're going to actually have to kind of figure out, but I do think the numbers sort themselves out. Like it's going to figure itself out at the end and how it looks like to actually get there. Um, You know, I I think that's going to be tough. Yeah. It comes down to the results. It comes down to how they, how they're going to perform, how they're going to win. And just really how much are like, how many of these guys are they going to actually be able to close on? Uh, So it's not really a problem right now because I don't know if they're imminently expecting you know, six guys or seven guys to kind of jump on board. But let's say they continue to kind of progress and win some games and maybe you're in that situation. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think you're going to have to have, you You might put yourself in a position where you're going to have to have some some difficult conversations and, uh, you know, kind of see what you see, what you got to do to make sure uh, that you're doing right by the program. Because uh, you obviously right. can't turn down a top tier talent that you've been chasing and they won't because yeah, that's just won't. not the Mario Cristobal way. Uh, does that, and, and again, does that mean expanding the number of guys that you take in versus, you know, again, maybe having to, to have some conversations with some guys currently committed? Uh, I don't know. Uh, but I know that I think internally they feel like, you know, that 25 number is, is where they want to be at the end of the day. And uh, so I don't, ex- what I'm basically saying is I don't expect a 30, 32 man class because Miami's going to try to fit all these guys in if they can. Uh, I still think it's going to be a very, a traditionally sized class, give or take, uh, you know, maybe one or a two couple. Yeah, yeah. You know, on a scale of one to 10 with where things are at now with the three and O start and just the general vibe internally, if you're going to, if you're going to put it on a scale of one to 10, how confident are you that Miami will sign a top 10 class in this 2024 cycle? Yeah, I'm pretty confident. Um, I because again I, I do think that they're going to be able to do some of the things that they want to do. Uh, what are they at right now? They think they're at like sixteen right now. Yep. Uh, so I just think they're going to figure it out. Like I, I do think that if they continue to kind of do the things that they want to do, uh, I, I feel like it's been very attractive to this point. And I do think that there are guys who really were a very borderline. Uh, you know, in the summer months, who maybe they could again kind of circle back on and have an actual product to sell so oh and just knowing mario Cristobal, and like i i just think back to like the end of like last cycle and right. i get it's it was different 
because I think the circumstances were different. But even after a five and seven season, they did some of like their most impressive strong. recruiting yeah. work. Like I'm not like that, that, that little period is not like, I feel like I'm, I told myself then like, remember this yeah. because yes, it gets very slept on because that's when Miami added Ruben Bain. They added Joshua Horton. They added Damari Brown. Um, Fletcher. They, they added Mark Fletcher. They added Samson, Samson Lola, uh, Collins of Chi and Pong. Um, you know, guys like, I mean, that's, those are like six core members of that class that they yes. added like after the regular season ended. Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to just say, Hey, like this class is probably a, a top 15 class because where do they go from here? Like I am giving Mario Cristobal the benefit of the doubt, uh, you know, just with, because of what he's done, even what he did with his first cycle, like got Cyrus Moss from USC, which you know, that, that was a huge, huge deal at the time. Nigel E. Kelly signing was a really big deal. Uh, Trevante Citizen was a huge, you know, like I just, I'm, I'm going to bet on Mario Cristobal uh, until he kind of shows otherwise. And so I, I do think mine, he's going to close strong. And um, I, I think we just still can't even like put together what it's going to look like at the end. Uh, but I, yeah. I have a feeling it's going to be very impressive, especially if they keep winning. After the start, I expect the top 10 class. I think that's a fair expectation. Where in the top 10, I don't know, but I do think top 10 is gonna happen. So, which is which is where Miami's at right now in their program building under Mario Cristobal. Keep stacking top 10 classes. I don't think Miami's done that ever in the 24-7 sports era, back-to-back -back years. Yeah. So that would be an accomplishment. All right, we'll get out of here on that. Appreciate everyone for listening. And uh, we'll be back Thursday with a little Temple Owls preview pod. And uh, appreciate everyone again for listening. Thanks again to our sponsors. And until next time, take care.